This is South Florida Sunday, and we thank you for being with us. We'd like to welcome our next guest to the program. We have Dr. Matthew Klein, who is with us, and we're going to talk about National Atrial Fibrillation Awareness Month. And welcome to South Florida Sunday. Thanks very much for having me on the show, Ron. Well, it's good to have you with us, and uh, we understand you are an electrophysiologist. And uh, my first question would be, can you explain your specialty of cardiac electrophysiology and the, the type of heart care that you provide? So absolutely. So uh, electrophysiology is a subspecialty of cardiology, so heart care. And um, specifically what an electrophysiologist is focused in on abnormal heart rhythms, uh, the, the study of, of arrhythmias, and uh, that includes things like atrial fibrillation and other either fast or slow heart rhythms. We also assess the need for uh, patients who might need a, a pacemaker or some type of cardiac device that we implant uh, and do other procedures called ablation, and um, basically manage these uh, heart rhythms and also deal with other symptoms that may be related, such as blackouts. And as I mentioned uh, earlier, September is National Atrial Fibrillation Awareness Month. Tell us, what is AFib and, and how does it occur? So atrial fibrillation is, the way I describe it, it's a chaotic heart rhythm, and it begins in the upper chambers of the heart, the atria, and then basically filters down to the, the ventricles, which are the bottom pumping chambers, the chambers that pump blood to the, to the body and the brain. And basically what happens is those upper chambers start quivering and not moving blood effectively, and then that's experienced as an irregular and often rapid heartbeat. Uh, is uh, how a patient would typically experience that. There's many different causes which we could uh, we can certainly go through the kind of the list uh, mm -hmm. if you'd like. Sure. So, so the two most common causes are are actually age and high blood pressure, and. Basically, there's a doubling for, for, for every decade of life in the incidence or amount of, of, of atrial fibrillation. So here in the United States where the population is, is aging, we're, we're seeing a, almost an epidemic level. Uh, on top of that, as I mentioned, high, high blood pressure genetics, meaning if, if someone in your family has atrial fibrillation or, or arrhythmias, it would certainly be more common. And then a whole host of other heart conditions, including things like um, valvular heart disease or coronary heart disease, congestive heart failure, some other causes related to hormonal levels like thyroid conditions, sleep apnea. There's, a, there's an extensive list of causes. Uh, which is why it is important to uh, be seen by a specialist if you are diagnosed. And um, we want to talk, we did mention, uh, I guess, irregular heartbeat or a fast heartbeat, increased heart rhythm. Uh, what are some of the other signs and symptoms of AFib? And, 
And um, when should you see a doctor when these symptoms develop? Okay, the, great question. Uh, so it's really individualized. There are, there are many different different ways that, that atrial fibrillation can present, meaning that a patient can experience, experience it when it's first diagnosed. But uh, some of the more common symptoms would be palpitations, which is a feeling or sensation of an irregular heartbeat or a rapid heartbeat. Sometimes patients can experience um, shortness of breath, particularly with activities, um, sometimes chest pain or chest discomfort. Sometimes it's a little bit less specific, meaning they just they just feel off or they don't feel right. Um, they might feel tired. So um, as far as as far as being diagnosed, uh, it used to be traditionally it would be diagnosed in a in a doctor's office or you know, sometimes when patients were coming in for a for a for a screening or or in the emergency room and and still that's that's the most common way but more and more uh, as we have more of this wearable technology with with Apple watches and other devices mm-hmm. we're starting to see more patients almost self-diagnosing and then coming into the doctors having found this alert on their on their phone or their watch so it's kind of an interesting an interesting progression with the technology. Well, now, how can AFib treatment improve the quality of someone's life? Well, that's that's an easy question to answer. So, <laughs> most most patients with atrial fibrillation, the vast majority, have symptoms, and um, uh, as I mentioned, it's variable and and everyone's different. Uh, it's, there's no one size fits all. But uh, the patients who do have symptoms. Um, tend to benefit greatly from, from treatment uh, because they just feel better when they're, when they're in a normal rhythm. So mm-hmm. their, their quality of life improves sometimes dramatically. Uh, we have something, kind of a score that we have called the AFib burden, which is the percentage of time that a patient is in AFib. If you have a patient who's in AFib constantly or incessantly or the majority of the time, they tend to feel much, much better when they're uh, in a normal rhythm, which is called sinus rhythm. Now, can treatment for AFib uh, reduce the risk of stroke and other cardiac conditions? Absolutely, absolutely. So the risk of stroke is the most concerning, the most concerning factor mm-hmm. or what we call sequela of AFib. And, and so we as, as physicians or as cardiologists, that's always at the top of our list as far as how to manage a patient, particularly when they're first diagnosed. So we have a scoring system that we use and so forth to determine if they need to be on a blood thinner, uh, what we call an anticoagulant, and if so, what, what kind of anticoagulant, or if they might need a procedure. Uh, but but uh, with those types of treatments, we're able to dramatically decrease the, the, their risk, the patient's risk of of having a blood clot or, or a stroke. So that's that's the first thing. There there are there are other cardiac conditions that that can develop uh, from atrial fibrillation. For instance, a patient, uh, let's say, that wasn't treated over a period of time or has a rapid heartbeat that develops over a period of time, um, they can potentially develop other other cardiac conditions like 
heart failure or or injury to the heart muscle. So that again a, a very good reason to treat people early on and, and, and up front before before they reach that point. Mm-hmm. Well, Doctor, you're on staff at Palm Beach Gardens Medical Center. Tell us about some of the treatments that are being offered over at the Palm Beach Gardens Medical Center. Absolutely. So, so there, there's a whole kind of spectrum of AFib uh, as far as as far as the severity and um, the the extent. So there there are a number of different treatment options, and as I always like to tell patients, it's not a one size fits all disease, and therefore it's not a you know every patient gets the same the same treatment or the same therapy. So. Typically, the process uh, is normally to progress from least invasive to, to a more invasive treatment um, if it's needed. So we typically start with the, the less invasive uh, treatments, which typically involve uh, medications, often can involve a procedure called cardioversion, which is where uh, we give an anesthetic, uh, patient uh, is... Um, put under anesthesia, and we do uh, basically an electrical shock to restore their their heart rhythm to normal. And then, typically, if if the atrial fibrillation comes back, or if the patient um, continues to have symptoms um, despite those uh, less invasive treatments, we have other other options to offer them. The most common one being a procedure called a catheter ablation. Which is, it's also minimally invasive. It's it's an endovascular procedure, meaning we place tubes called catheters from veins in the legs, and uh, for that particular procedure, we're cauterizing the kind of what I describe as the culprit areas, the mm-hmm. kind of the hot spots on the the inner lining of the heart that that trigger or or send the impulses that start the AFib. So that's a very successful procedure that we perform a lot. And then um, we have other treatment options as well. Um, there's a procedure called a, a watchman device, which is um, which is essentially a, a alternative to the blood thinners, um, which is kind of like a filter that's implanted in, inside the heart to kind of wall off the portion of the heart where, where blood clots can form. And then we have another procedure called the convergence, which is a, what we call a hybrid procedure, meaning part of it is done by, by myself, and it's very similar to the ablation, and part of it is done by a, um, a, a cardiovascular surgeon who does basically ablation on the, on the outside part of the heart with a, with a, small, with a small chest port. Well, Doctor, I feel like we've covered a lot of ground here today, but is there something that we haven't talked about that you've specifically wanted to share with our listeners today? Well, I, I, I agree. We, we, we did cover a lot of ground. I mean, uh, just to come back to emphasize the point that, uh, that it is important to be assessed, and uh, I would encourage patients who think they may have an arrhythmia, you know, for instance, as, as I was mentioning, um, if they pick something up on a, 
on their on their watch app, uh, you know, if there's an alert, or or if they just have a general concern about a symptom, you know, I you know, strongly encourage them to seek medical attention, um, contact their cardiologist, or or contact uh, my office so they can they can be seen and evaluated. Well, uh, that's a good time for me to ask you. I, we mentioned that you're on staff at Palm Beach Gardens Medical Center. Do you have an office in the area? Um, yes. So my office is directly across the street, um, across Burns Road from the hospital. Mm-hmm. And um, I am on staff at the, the Palm Beach Gardens Medical Center. And, um, you know, um, I'm typically available uh, over there through uh, the emergency department or 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 on a on an as needed basis mm-hmm. and then uh, I also have office hours uh, two to three days a week where I where I see patients in the office and your office is the Palm Beach Health Network physicians group that's correct yep my office is um, uh, and the address is 3375 Burns Road uh, suite 101 and uh, we're right across the street from the Palm Beach Gardens Medical Center. And the phone number? The phone number is 561-622-6550. You can also find me online by searching for uh, Dr. Matthew Klein, MD. It's M-A-T-T-H-E-W-K-L-E-I-N-M-D. Awesome. Well, Doctor, thanks for uh, giving us this information, and we hope folks uh, listened and that they will act accordingly. And we appreciate you being our guest here today on South Florida Sunday. Peloton, let's go. This holiday, with the right music and the right motivation from world-class instructors. We're going to pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season. You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes. From running to cycling to yoga. Try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only, not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Peloton, motivation that moves you.